Hello, and welcome to Driftwood Christianity, the podcast that comes out the faith hiding in the driftwood of life and sends it on to you. I'm Andrew Smith. This podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Kwandamooka and Yagara peoples. And today's Driftwood is the last in a three-part series on miracles. Part one was about power, and part two was about signs. Part three is about wonders. Signs and wonders is a phrase that we encounter especially in the Gospels and in Acts. It's used usually together. Signs can be sometimes by themselves, but signs and wonders, that's a very specific phrase. Wonders, just like I've talked about with with power and with signs, let's deep into the, the Greek word there. It's from this Greek word that is teras. Now that's used in ancient Greek to mean a bunch of things. It can mean wonder, it can mean an omen, a portent, and what is possibly my favourite use of it, a monster. So let's look at some of these. When we talk about that, that sense of it being wonder, we get a real sense of awe out of it. Something that has captured our attention and, and overwhelms us with a sense. It can prompt questions and curiosity. In many ways, I think that when people go into worship, they're really looking for that sense of awe that comes from that. Sometimes, though, wonder as a sense of awe could just tickle the endorphins in your brain a little. It could be a sense of novelty, maybe something new. For example, you can see in John 4.49, Jesus says, and I think he's a bit frustrated here, Unless you see signs and wonders, you people will not believe. Real sense of frustration there when people are asking for more amazing things from Jesus. Part two of this word, terrace. Well, it can mean omen or portent. That's a message from the gods. There's meaning in the wonder. Is it warning? Is it guidance? Think about the kinds of omens we, we hear about in myth and legends. You know, the crow is flying the wrong direction. There's a wind blowing from from a strange from a strange place. Those kinds of things are all omens and portents. It's closely linked to signs, that's Samia, with but with a sense of context, this real time-based context. There's a message for now, there's a warning for now. Some of you might have even seen famously from several years ago. The, the guy who saw a beautiful rainbow and then it was a double rainbow and he realized there was a triple rainbow and he kept asking, what does it mean? What does it mean? I'll put a link in the bottom so you can follow that up for yourself in case you haven't seen it. But he was treating this rainbow, this double then triple rainbow, as a kind of omen, perhaps of good news, perhaps of beauty, who knows. And then the third aspect of it, this is the one that really captures my attention, and that is a wonder as a monster. It's actually used in today's medicine. Uh, if you, you see the study of um, teratology, which is the study of birth defects, a, a teras can be a, a grossly malformed fetus. There's discussion of uh, studies of teratocarcinomas, or a teratogen, something that causes the malformation of an embryo. Alcohol, as consumed by pregnant women, is considered to be a teratogen. Now you can imagine 2,000, 2,500 years ago, farmers and neighbours and villagers all discussing some kind of uh, birth defect 
amongst the flocks that they're looking after or their herds and then thinking what does this mean is it a curse is the farmer cursed is there a warning of doom for the village or is there some other meaning behind it it does speak to a time when anything new wasn't properly understood you can imagine um, today we might call that superstition but it was a very real sense of something here is not right the people have a sense of awe and wonder and curiosity and concern because something monstrous has turned up. It's so easy to spend time in our faith today on the awe and the and, and the portent. So in faith there's a moment of awe, maybe a feeling of, of connecting with ultimate reality. I said earlier that some people chase it. You'll hear folks say, oh, worship was great today. And you say, what does that mean? And they'll tell you, because I could feel it. They, they talk about that feeling of awe and connection. Perhaps the numinous might be another word. And yet, do we spend time with the monster? What do birth defects tell us today? Well, particularly if we think, oh no, this is fetal alcohol syndrome. Quickly, the fingers are pointed. Your mum sinned. She was drinking during pregnancy. Immediately we get that accusatory sense around it when we are considering what could be happening here. Or we think perhaps the person who, who, who could have some kind of um, condition from birth. Well, you hear the phrase, birth defects. Is there something wrong with that person? This all speaks to a kind of ableism that says that there perhaps is no value in somebody like that, or there is a diminished value in somebody who was born like that, without seeing them still as created by God, loved by God. The monster startles the norm, causing the norm to recoil in some way. But perhaps we can be this terrace in the world of empire. We can be monsters. All around us is the norm. The social pressure to norm and conform. When something counter-revolutionary comes along, something that does not fit with the way things are, well, people may well think it's monstrous. You could see movements like punk music, they really tap into this. The music doesn't fit what else was going on at the time. The fashion that doesn't fit. All of these things pushed back against what was going on around it. Right up until the moment that Empire absorbs it. And it's very easy to even see something like that in the church, where a church is counter-revolutionary, a church is doing something that is beyond the acquisition of money, until money comes along and absorbs it. And straight away, it's no longer monstrous. Or perhaps if we're going to be a terrace, we're going to be a wonder in the world of empire, then we can make the world stop in awe. We can make the world stop and ask questions and be curious. Is there something more? Is there something more beautiful and wondrous outside the norm, we can use this to lead people to the divine as they are curious, as their hearts are intrigued by what's happening. I can connect that back. Last episode was on signs. As I said before, it's connected signs and wonders. These things together promote awe raise curiosity, and allow us to hold up the sign that points to something true and beautiful and good, allows us to point to the divine, allows us to point to a divine possibility for the world that we live in now. 
and the sense of Teras, the wonder, connects back to dunamis, this idea of power. The non-conforming as monsters, being signs that point to something outside the ways of the world, and showing power that resists the ways of the world. That non-violent resistance back to against consumerism or capitalism or greed or violence. Through all these episodes, we've talked about miracles. And I think that if we read biblical texts and just assume that all those actions that are there around a healing or a work over nature or something like that, if we take them as supernatural acts, we can still draw from those stories the works of power, the signs and the wonders. And there are so many interpretations that use this to tell us something about the character of God. I've really tried to show that the words that are used in the New Testament for miracles, so dunamis, Samaya, and Teres, also mean more than this. They can be daily actions, seemingly ordinary, and within your grasp. And if miracles are the intervention of God, then your works of power, your existence as a sign, and the monstrous awe that goes against the ways of the world, this is the intervention of God through you, open to you in every choice that you make. As you can tell, there's a lot to say on this topic. I'm really glad to have given it three shows. It's something I've been mulling over for a long time. I thought I really need to start putting this out into words to figure out what I think and feel about it. Thank you for being there to listen. And if you'd like to continue to support the show, you can do that in four ways. One, you can follow on socials. So Facebook slash Theology. You can also follow me on Twitter and Mastodon. There'll be links in the show notes. Remember to rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. I do appreciate that. Like and share the episodes and the posts as they come up. That's so helpful. And leave a comment because this is now Driftwood for you. What will you carve out of it? <laughs>